Hey everybody, welcome back to the Play With Power podcast, the issue-by-issue retrospective on Nintendo Power Magazine. You're tuning in for part two of November of 1994, volume 66. In our first half, we went over Donkey Kong Country and we had our guest, Clea Folkert. Is that right? Clea Folkert? Yeah. Um, so thank you for her. She wasn't able to make it back on for the second half, but... We have our third host back. So, without further ado, I am your host, Ben. With me, as always, is our Canadian co-host, Mike. Hi. And we have John back. Third third host? What? What is this? Tertiary host? Well, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> I would say the, the spiciest of the hosts. Uh, the, it's not a, a rank, you know. I am, it's the, just... I am the extra chromosome of the hosts, all right? I'm you know, saying. in the end of, like, the credits of a movie, it shows you in in order of appearance? You'd be yeah, third like, down, speci- sir. I, yeah, but I'd be, like, special guest star, like... That's what and I'm featuring... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like Rob Schneider as a carrot. All right. There you go. <laughs> Very all right. good. Hey, everyone. Yeah, so we're picking it up at uh, page 44... Right after the sports section, unfortunately, I missed John for that one. It's too bad, so sad. But good, you're in luck. You get to hear Mike talk about Final Fantasy III, oh. which is a feature game here. You guys traded down big time. I know. <laughs> it, they, they made the magazine backwards. It's not our fault. Hmm. Mike, take it away. All right. This covered game is Final Fantasy III. We got to see the scenes that we got to see the scene that is the backdrop of Final Fantasy III. But now we get introduced to the characters. And so, they, t- they uh, reiterate that magic has been locked away for generations. Imperial forces have stumbled upon descendants of legendary magicians, and they found a way to use them to their advantage. And here we get to meet Terra, a fighting machine. Driven by greed and hunger for power, the Empire has brainwashed Terra, and by harnessing her magical powers, turned her into a formidable weapon. This is a good... Uh, well, it's a good... Like it starts off right away great because they introduced Hera and they let you know that she is uh, like wearing a slave crown. She's the slave of the empire, and as she's uh, as you get to see her wipe out a town, communicate with an esper, and then uh, wake up. The, the crown has been removed by the guy that found her, and she's uh, already being like held responsible for what she's done. So she's escaping, and then when she falls down a pit, she has more flashbacks of things that she's done. While having the crown. If Terra gives you a hand job, is that a Terra tactile? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like tactile, like with your hands? Just terrible. Mm. Terrible. And then she gets rescued by this. Terrible. Guy. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so we get to see. <laughs> Come on, let's wrap this. Let's go get through this. We got like. 20 pages of Final Fantasy 3 here to get through. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be back Keep in moving. 20 minutes. I'll go take a dump. Okay, so we get to meet Locke. He's the uh, the thief who has been sent to collect her and uh, recruit her for the Resistance. Like the last issue, we got to see basically where you get it to a castle and then you escape and then you meet a whole bunch of people and then you get separated and you choose three points. And the first point we meet is Locke's scenario where he has to uh, stop the Empire from advancing by uh, jamming up their efforts, by sabotaging the town. And uh, you start when he's already succeeded in doing that, but now he's got to get out of town because it's just too hot. And in doing so, he meets Celeste the traitor, the woman who was locked up because 
she tried to uh, announce the Empire's plans to poison the land of Doma. Locke she, looks like he walked off a music video of a combination of Aerosmith and Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely been uh, hitting that sh- thrift shop. Yeah. And then Tara's scenario, as uh, she continues to get back to the same town that uh, she had attacked and fled, but she has to meet someone there to uh, basically come clean and make their official stand against the Empire because the Empire attacked that town once in the beginning of the game, and they're coming back to finish the job. Is that dragon wearing a bonnet on its head? It looks like it, yeah. (laughs) And I'm not quite sure why. (laughs) I mean, I played this game... And that does not look familiar to me. Okay. Do we have Sabin? Yep. Sabin scenario, which I think is the best. Because Sabin, uh, well, after fighting the octopus on the raft where your party was whole, when everyone breaks off, it's because he jumped off the raft to finish off the octopus after it ran away because he was just itching for a fight. So he went into the octopus's domain, the water, and of course he got thrown off away from the raft and splits off downstream so he washes up on a completely different continent because he's just a big muscle-headed idiot but you can't help but love him this whole game is 2.1 megabytes how is that possible good storytelling so he comes across an imperial no like no seriously like think about that (laughs) vast reuse of resources oh my god that's incredible Mm mm-hmm Yep, so he reaches the Imperial Encampment. We get introduced to Cyan, the noble guardian of the city of Doma. And, of course, Kafka poisons it. That's where Celeste was trying to stop. And even Sabin can't stop it. Like, you would get to follow Kafka. Like, when he, do, when he, like, he gets ordered by the General Leo not to do it. And then he's like, tells the troops, like, get the poison, we're doing it anyway. That's Did when you say, Sabin, hold on. Did you just say he gets ordered by the General Lee to not General do it? General Leo. <laughs> Damn, I thought Duke's a hazard. Those Duke boys are up no good again. I'd play that game. That'd be a lot better. Them Duke boys got on the wrong side of the Empire once again. (laughs) Running Moonshine and the General Lee would make RPGs so much better. (laughs) So you get to attack him like two or three times, and uh, it's basically like a, a trench warfare, like... He runs off, you catch him, you fight him. He runs off, you catch him, you fight him. And then eventually you get distracted by too many soldiers. And then we get to see him poison the city and everybody like starts dropping dead. And Cyan's the, the sole survivor in a very heartbreaking scene. He tries to get to his wife and child only to find her cradling her child. But when he goes to wake her up, like they both fall to the floor. It's a very soul, it's a very soul stabbing scene. And then he just goes off the fucking rails and charges the encampment. And while you think Saban could take on this place single-handedly, Cyan's the one that does it. He starts slaughtering every soldier he comes across until Saban eventually helps him. And they end up taking a bunch of mechs to just tear through the encampment and then get out. They come across this forest where they end up on a train, but it turns out it's the train that ferries the souls of the dead to where they're going. Is that the Phantom Forest thing? Yeah, where you get to suplex the motherfucking train. <laughs> Dude, that sounds awesome. It It is. And then afterwards, when you beat the train, he's like, all right, all right, I'll let you go. I just got to make one last stop. 
And Speaking when, of beating the train, how's your mom? <laughs> <laughs> I was desperately trying to think of a way to work that in. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we pulled a... <laughs> we suplexed a train all over your mom. <laughs> so, then when you get off the train, then you get to see Cyan's family getting on the train. <laughs> the train... Now, a train... Correct me if I'm wrong. That's where, like, it's one person at a time, but, like... So you have dudes waiting outside yeah, the door? Yeah, like it's tra- train of dudes like just waiting to go. Okay. But it's not a gangbang, right? It's just one at a time? Well, I mean, that's still a... Ba- it's still a gang... I mean... I guess it's that's one a good at a time, though, like, right? Is it still a train? Like, I mean, like if it's a kebab or like a like a golden gate, like, no, is I that think that's, still a train? No, that's a threesome at that point, right? Right, but it's like still... Huh. What is the... Like, when is it a gangbang? When is it a train? Mm-hmm. I mean, ask your mom, Mike. <laughs> so then you jump. So then you reach the end of the continent, and you end up jumping off the cliff, and you do this amazing free fall fight, where you fight a bunch of fish through the water, because again, Sabin loves hitting things in the water, and you end up beating up fish as you fall down this immense waterfall, mm. and then the boss yes. is a slightly bigger and red fish, Speaking and then you beating up fish. <laughs> have you uh, told that story before? <laughs> what? The carp story. I, th- I think we have. Have you, Mike? Do you remember the carp story? No. I like cannonballed a pile of carp at a lake when I was in Boy Scouts. <laughs> you washed up a fish. No, like no, we got, so at the, the marina there was like, um, it was carp. like a floating marina, and if and if you drop food in, there were like, I don't know, hundreds of carp that would come and try to eat the Doritos or whatever that you had <laughs> on top of the water. So, like, Ben was like, oh, I bet you five bucks you won't, like, jump onto that big old pile of carp that's under those Doritos. And I was like, the hell I won't. We threw a piece of bread out into the water, and all these carps wham to where their bread was. And John, true to his word, cannibals right in the center where their bread is. And just, like, fish. It was like like a fish tsunami. Flying left and right everywhere. You know. (laughs) <laughs> As Ben's slowly eating his Tijuana mama. <laughs> Don't be jealous. <laughs> alright, anyway. Alright, how like alright, so is this has the world been blown up yet at this point? No, you're game? assembling the crew. Okay. So then you wash up on another continent where you meet Gal the wild boy, and uh, you end up going to the next town, getting some meat. Then when he shows up, instead of fighting him, you just give him the meat and <laughs> fuck off. And he has a say it. and he has a delightful conversation with Cyan, who uh, he because he copies the monsters, he also copies Cyan's uh, noble speech. So he starts like running around calling everybody thou and thee. It's, so it's really cute and funny. Um, how long ago did you play this game? Like, how long has it been since you've actually played through Final Fantasy III? Oh, I played it when it came out on the Super Nintendo, then I played it when it came out on the Game Boy. And uh, it's apparently okay. out on the iPad, but I didn't get to play that yet. I bought it. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious. It's like, you remember this very well. And how long ago was it? I played it uh, 1994, 95 when it came out on the Super Nintendo. Right. Obviously, I don't care about that one. <laughs> and then on the, uh, the Game Boy Advance, I never got to beat it. Uh, oh, shut up. And 
Actually, that wasn't a joke about your mom, but you made it about your mom. So, all right, good job. No, I thought it was just a masturbation joke. Oh, okay. Well, same thing. Ugh. No, I actually was like, oh, that sucks that you weren't able to finish the game. Well, no, I just... I was uh, curious, like, how, I just how got, recent... I got trapped in, like, this weird loop where, like, it just wouldn't continue. Mm. And so I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. But, all right, how, uh, approximately how long ago did are you remembering this from? Because, like, you have a pretty good memory of, like, everything that happened in this game. Uh, well, it stuck with me. It was very memorable. It was, okay. uh, it was a good... So this was, like, 15 years ago, the last time you played this. Is what I'm getting at. Uh, no, the one on the Game Boy came out about 10, 10 or 8 years ago. Okay. Alright, so not that long ago. Alright, fair enough. Still, But uh, I think I beat it twice. I can't remember what I ate for breakfast, so <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Oh, Alright, so you fight a bunch of fish, then what? Let's, then let's, you meet Gal. Yeah, you meet okay. Gal, you move on, and then he introduces you to a treasure that he found, which is a diving helmet, which allows you to take this underwater current... Back to the back to this well, the continent that you need to get to, and then everybody makes it, and then that's what takes you to this page forty nine here, where Kefka's army invades Narsh once again, but this time you've got your own small army of about eight or nine people ready to repel his invading force, and you do, and then you get to fight Kefka, but he retreats at the end. Tara gets to finish her well. She tries to contact the Esper, which again is frozen in ice, and the last time she encountered it, it wiped out everybody, which was an which was the Imperial Escort at the beginning of the game. But now she just like withstands its communication, which is a lightning bolt to her face. And this time she turns into a big naked purple fireball thing and just takes off. When you get to see her pretty much what she looks like in the top of the page here. She turns into that and she flies off to the west and then you gotta cross another continent basically to find out where she went and that's when you take you realize that uh, Figaro Castle not only can it submerge into the ground but it can also travel and go under a mountain range which gets you to the other half of the continent until you get to the town of thieves called Jador no wait not Jador that's Zozo but uh, when you go there it's a uh, it's one of the, it's the only town. Well, the first time you get into a town where you actually get attacked by like off-screen battles, and you uh, find Tara. She's at the top of the highest tower, and there's a neat little gimmick here where everybody lies to you. So you have to like in order to uh, manipulate this locking device, you have to keep track of all the lies everybody's told you, so that only the truth remains, and then you get the correct time for the clock. And that's what unlocks the tower that you get to climb up, and you fight this big shirtless son of a bitch, at, as you can see at the top of page uh, 50. He's just a guy with, like, bright orange pants. And there's that you're giving him the drill. And then you finally get to find Tara, and you find out she is an esper, or at least half-esper. And the, uh, the key to her reconciling this wild half of her is to get more magicite, which is the remains of an esper. So you have to end up going to where they make dead espers, or they make espers dead, and going to the uh, ma the Empire's Magitech facility, which is basically the same place Terra came from. And this leads you to needing an airship, which leads to one of the most iconic moments of this entire game, the opera. 
because you find out the only guy who has an airship that isn't part of the Empire is a gambler named Setzer. And he's got a big crush on this lead opera singer named Maria, who bears a striking resemblance to Celeste. So Celeste has to read the script and remember her lines and perform the opera until Setzer comes along to kidnap her. And it's got a really cute moment with Locke and Celeste, like Celeste is all nervous and Locke tells her she can do it. And as she sings, like he's like in the wings, like encouraging her. And and uh, there's even like this one scene where like she sees him backstage and he like blushes and it's really cute. And then Ultros, the octopus from before, is decided I'm going to leave the river and I'm going to track these assholes down. And now he's going to drop a 50-ton stage weight on top of Maria, or Celeste. So you have to go through the catwalk, or the gang, the gangway, or whatever that upstairs... Like, whatever the high point of the, uh, of the stage is where all the weights are attached. Catwalk. Yeah, the catwalk. And then when you, you get to him, you knock him off, but he pulls you down with his tentacles, and you end up on the stage, and Locke realizes, like, the show has to go on, otherwise... Cesar won't show up so he has to just like insert himself into the play pretending like ah well I the hero Locke you know the the Maria's not gonna get either hero from either army I'm gonna swoop in and take her myself and then the octopus gets in on the act like which is really funny like he's like following your lead even though he hates you and he's trying to kill you and And then he uh, eventually, like, he says that he's going to kill all three heroes and take Maria for himself. And then he attacks you, and you have this epic boss battle where he's learned some new techniques, but you've gotten stronger too, and you've gotten some magicite from the uh, from the town of Zozo. So now everybody can actually use magic spells. And that's when you just zap him with lightning, and you chop him up with a chainsaw, and it's really fun. And that's when Setzer shows up, proving that he's a man of his word and that he has come to take Maria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then everybody gets on the airship and then Setzer gets close to Mar- gets close to Celeste and realizes, oh, you... Wait a second, you're not Maria. She had more class. And uh, you eventually have to convince him that it's in his best interest. And that's when Edgar whips out a coin... And says, all right, heads, heads, you do what we say. Tails, we'll get off your ship and leave you alone. And when the coin is uh, flipped, he catches it and it's heads. But then Setzer takes a good look at it and he goes, wait a second, this is a two-headed coin. And then uh, instead of uh, calling you out for being a cheater, he just starts laughing and says, well, I admire a man that makes his own luck. All right, my life is a chip in your hand. Ante up. It's a really encouraging moment. And then you get to fight... (laughs) (sighs) In case you didn't know, this is the ending music for the game. Yep, so then you get to meet Sid, the master scientist. You were meeting end. You get to meet the master scientist Sid, who is uh, Celeste's father-type figure since he's uh, the guy who gave her magic in the first place and basically has been her instructor and guide. But then Kefka shows up and thanks Celeste for being a good undercover agent and bringing all of the enemies here. And so then Locke feels that uh, Celeste has betrayed him. 
but then she pushes the party off a gangplank into a, onto a cart which starts rolling away and you escape barely but then you make it back to Terra and then you get to see a nice flashback of her past knowing that uh, that she's the product of a human who fell into the Esper world and met an Esper and fell in love super and then it goes on where the espers, like some espers, are breaking away from this uh, this sealed door, and they're atta- and they attack the empire. And then you have to take the side of the empire basically to try to talk some sense into them before they start killing other towns and invading people. And when you finally do broker a peace with the espers, that's when Kefka pulls a big betrayal, shows up, knocks out everyone in your party, kills everyone who isn't a member of your party, and General Leo, the only the one good guy in the empire. Stabs Kefka in the chest, killing him. But then he evaporates and he's like, that was just a shadow. Then he sneaks up behind General Leo and kills the shit out of him. In a vicious, like, he just jumps on top of him and starts stabbing him in the face. Which for a Super Nintendo game is pretty, pretty impressive. And then you fight, then you, you take the fight to the floating island in the sky where Kefka is powered by these three goddess statues, which they're not just statues, they actually are goddesses that were frozen. And he ends up beating the hell out of your party and then Celeste shows up just in time to stab him in the chest to let you know that she was in fact on your side the whole time mm-hmm. and that's when he just pulls a massive conniption fit mm-hmm. and then Shadow pins him between two statues mm-hmm. but in doing so he's upset the balance between them and mm-hmm. that is what triggers the destruction of the continent shattering the world and destroying mm-hmm. it I hate you Ben so much <laughs> why? Uh, I just see you're like you see like you so like placating him. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> totally. Yep. All right. That was and Final Fantasy three, and that's where this coverage ends. Amen. Oh, the Listen. long national nightmare is over. I know. <laughs> Until Chrono Trigger shows up. I've been looking at porn gifts for like the last fifteen minutes. Congratulations. <laughs> hey. Should we give our update on how the um, the league's doing? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, John, let's talk about something else. Let's, let's talk about how great so, I'm doing. We Not didn't only talk- in this magazine. Hey, also- now, I'm, t- I'm talking about this. Your turn's done. Okay. okay. Game of Thrones. Yes, the show. <laughs> um, we have a little uh, fantasy league going on for Game of Thrones. We've got some of our listeners on it and some other friends. Um, and uh, so we have... Mike's in it. Brandon uh, Boswell, you remember? He's in it. Sheldon Brown, who co-hosts the uh, Graveyard Shift with Mike. He's in it. Uh, John's in it, of course. I'm in it, of course. Uh, We've got our friend Dan and listener Ivan. And then uh, several several ladies, who I will not name, who were uh, invited on behalf of other people. And so anyways, I'm going to read off the uh, team names here after. So we all drafted, right? And uh, so let's just let's, the three of us. Let's just well, let's, uh, ex- let's explain it like you oh, get okay. points based on like. Well, first is a draft at the beginning. So this right. is run by a blog called The Verge, and uh, they basically put together all the rules. So there's points for. And I'm, I'm not going to go through all the points, but like basically, you kill a known character, you get 25 points. You kill a king, 100. Kill a dragon, 150. Sex with a random character, sex with a blood relative. Like, there's all these different points. Yeah, there's points down to like brutal one-liners. Yeah, like eating on screen yeah. gets like eating, points. You know? Yeah, 
funny one-liners, uh, using magic, having a vision, getting Valerian steel, having a baby, losing a baby, promotions, mm-hmm. demotions, coming back from the dead. They're all points assigned to it. All right. So okay. So they ha- they all we all had to draft at the beginning, which was uh, awful. Well, that was a, that Ivan was a nightmare. Was, Ivan wasn't was, online, and the auto draft could not be changed from thirty, 30 minutes, minutes to something shorter. <laughs> And I so, was yeah, otherwise was... occupied, and I was the only person that could that could manually override it. Oh, that was terrible. I know. So, anyways, here's who I ended up drafting. My team's called the Onion Knights. So I drafted uh, Tyrion Lannister, Davis Davos Seaworth, the Onion Knight himself. Davos. Davos, thank you. Benjen Stark. What's his alternate name? Wasn't Benjen the guy that the one, the one white? Cold Hands. Yeah, Benjen was the one guy that couldn't, uh, that wasn't turned because of the Valerian steel or something. Leanna Mormont and Olena Tyrell. That kick-ass prepubescent girl. And then John has uh, Samuel Tarley, the Night King, Ilaria Sand, Cuburn, Quiburn? Quiburn, Quiburn? is Cersei's little minion. Yes, and uh, Varus. Mm-hmm. Everyone's and, favorite eunuch. And then Mike has... Oh, sorry. John's team is called uh, John Snow has no egrets. 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 Thank you. Because it sounds like regrets. That's the pun. I get it now. <laughs> Mike has a team called I Dinklage and I Know Things, which is pretty good. Uh, he has Theon Greyjoy, Jamie Lannister, Arya Stark, Murray. Oh, yeah. Bury, bury the lead. And Obara Sand. So. After the first week, you know, I'm not. We're not going to spoil the episode itself for anyone that hasn't watched it yet. But uh, we will. We will tell you where the standings are. So, <laughs> starting in last place at negative 25 points, we have John with his team at negative 25 points for for a certain character's uh, um, predicament. Demo- demotion. Yes, demotion. Uh, let's see, two Which in the, I still don't agree with, by the way, but whatever. Breaking even at zero right. points, we have two in the pink, one the Dinklage. <laughs> then the Onion Knights, it's me. We have ten points. And, where's, and then where's, where's Mike at? Yeah, Sheldon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sheldon had the beautiful name, two in the pink, one in the Dinklage. One in the I just had to read that. And then Ivan's, yeah. his team name was Nature's Lube. <laughs> wanted to read that one as well. Because of my stupid jokes. So anyways, number ten. Number one, no, sorry. Rank, so I'm number, I'm ranked eight. Uh, and then rank number one is Mike's team. I Dinklage and I know things at 120 points. So uh, wasn't it 155? No. no, 120. I'm looking at it right now. So Mike is off to an early start. Oh yeah. Within the first four minutes, I was just like, I think I won. <laughs> and for uh, a what, week. For a week. For a week. On. Oh, with a so lead so much... that with a lead that big, you only need at least oh, two episodes no, to no, catch no, up no. to me. Right until the fucking night. King starts slaughtering everyone. Wow. Sweet. Or Sweet for Tyrion's whatever. episode of all one-liners. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> ben was sitting there. He doesn't say anything the entire episode. I know. I know. Like, no, you little midget. Oh, Paul. <laughs> you got something in there. I know it. You're like, you little fucker. Why are you just standing there? So we'll keep updating. Uh, we'll keep updating you in the second half of the of these uh, uh, episodes. My, my, let you know how we stand. Arya will have to die like four times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To reduce my I love I love your false sense of security. You're so going down. You're gonna yeah. Get it's not happening. 
You're just, I'm you're enjoying <laughs> it while I can. Yes. And then we've got clearly. my kick-ass bitch with the spear. She hasn't shown up yet. Yeah, so yeah, so when the Martells come along to kick some ass, mm. I'll be smiling then too. Oh, Martells. Anyways, let's move on back to the magazine at hand. We have classified information. Well, let's see here. You can do a stage warp in Star Trek The Next Generation. So that's handy. Uh, let's see here. You can play two-player group battles. warp again. In uh, Super Street Fighter 2. There's a boss code for fighter's history. Let's see here. You can reset the game in Contra 3 The Alien Wars without can't having to go like up and press the, the button. Uh, I was going to say, can you just like reset the, this console? It says you thing? can use this trick to reset the game without getting up off your duff. Most of those. Most games have that, the, the start select LR. No. No, that's for emulators. Yeah. But yeah, good job, buddy. You get an extra continue code for Double Dragon 5. There's a game called Gym Power, which I didn't realize existed. And whatever a multi bonus code is. And then for Alfred Chicken, there's a Chicken Warp code. So that's super. Next section is an expanded section in classified information for Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, it's basically teaching you all of the special moves and finishing moves for every single character, just written in blocks of text. So it tells you all about... Uh, so Scorpion, for instance, has Toasty, Little Toasty, Zoro Slash, Babality, Friendship, and was that K-Tomb? Or something like that? K-Tomb Pit 2. Yeah. So I guess it's like a, how to break through the level and land in the pit. Oh, I got you. So those are his uh, finishing moves. It's just an uh, example. <laughs> Finish him. Actually, this is pretty cool. That, like having all the mm -hmm. the moves laid out for all the characters. Like I might have played Mortal Kombat more if mm -hmm. I'd had something like this. <laughs> yeah, those things are. Way, that's why I fucking hated those games because it's just like. Uh, so some moron who's done a who's done like some homework finding some secret resource is able to dominate me <laughs> because there's nothing on screen that I can use to to level the playing field. Mm -hmm. yeah, you gotta and, remember and, all these combinations and sequences. Yeah, because yeah, there's no way you're, you're remembering like <laughs> what was it like Johnny Cage high down fireball up, down up, uh, press forward up, down, up, down forward right. down down back back and high punch right. <laughs> Three fireballs plus I love back, this one. back, forward, forward, plus high punch. <laughs> Start the move two steps back, then move in close. Just hold the high punch for two seconds, then press down, forward, forward, forward quickly and release the high punch. That's how you do the, sword, yeah. the Zoro Slash. Yep, that's easy. Yeah, and, right. And Let me just... then you press forward, down, forward, forward for a high punch. Yeah, oh and God. that's the thing is like, you, you got to practice that after you've already won the match. So you got to beat them first, and then you got to try and practice this thing. I mean, it's so frustrating. Like, you have to remember all that shit while also narrowing them down to a little bit of health without going overboard. Ugh. So there's also some other, other uh, codes they have in here. They have an elimination mode for versus. Uh, let's see here, which is kind of like... It says elimination mode will allow players to test their skills in back-to-back -back fights using their favorite four characters. So you pick four characters, you get eliminated one by one. There's a secret intro screen where you can swap out the Acclaim logo for Shao Kahn and Kintaro, which are just beating up on the logo instead of the logo just appearing, which is kind of cool. You can get additional fatality time and then a super damage code. Woo! Next game for Super Nintendo is the Indiana Jones' Greatest Adventures game. Is this all three movies in one game? I believe so. 
Holy moly. So it was only good. It's from the creators of uh, JVC and LucasArts. So they created these Super Star Wars games. You didn't like it? I didn't. I don't. Is it good? I don't know. Is it? I, I mean, I haven't I only played through like the first level, but it was yeah. fun. It's a LucasArts game. How many of those sucked? I mean, it's it's not. There's nothing like special about it. You're kind of you're playing as Indiana Jones. You start off in the uh, first movie when you're entering that whatever cave temple of doom, right? No, not temple of doom, where he gets the golden head and he swaps it out with a bag of sand and the ball rolls after him. In Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. Oh, it's the right, opening scene. The second one, yeah. The opening. Yeah, scene. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I don't know. It's like in the jungle. I don't know what that area is called. The <laughs> yeah. Jungle. So, uh, yeah, that one. You know what? Like looking at this coverage, what I I miss out of the Indiana Jones movies, like I wish was in more modern day movies, the overlay of a map with a line drawn on oh, it, like fantastic. It's just <laughs> it's a context of like what the hell is happening. <laughs> Yeah, like that can you imagine? Ha- like, can you imagine they tried to do that in like the next Fast and Furious movie? Uh, <laughs> this is like, yeah, like an overhead an overhead map, and the dot moves like an inch. No, instead we have Vin Diesel like taking over a submarine with a car. Yeah, that's like <laughs> that's much more realistic. Yep. <sighs> yeah, it's anyway. it's reached that like A Team remake now where they they launched that tank out of an airplane. <laughs> Remember that? I I didn't do the most recent Fast and Furious, and I love that series. Mm-hmm. Like I will even stand up for Tokyo Drift having its own merits, mm. but Great no, man. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I got I I signed off. Um, I think it was the seventh one when like the rock when they had drive an arm. between the buildings. That's the best part of the fucking movie when he's like, "Daddy's got to work," and he flexes out of the fucking cast. Are yes. you kidding me? He had it's amazing. His arm That's was an broken. Amazing line. Yeah, he's like, no, he'd been healing. Work. He'd been he'd been in the hospital for like two days, and he has like rock strength. So like, of course, he's all healed. He's like, "Daddy's got to go to work." Boom! Like, cracks his arm out of the fucking cast. It's amazing. <laughs> and then he's like holding a minigun and taking down yeah, yeah. some and when like, he, drone when thing. He, when he like. Yeah, grabs the minigun, and like Liddy's like, uh, "Did you did you bring the cavalry cavalry with you?" And he goes, "Bitch, I am the cavalry." And starts shooting off the Gatling gun. Yes, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it has now reached like bad movie territory. This guy, the Rock, <laughs> is basically so Goku. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. A- anyways, well, so I did play this a little bit. I will say that the one thing that's bad about this is the whip. It's it's not great. So if you basically you're trying to whip whatever th- like rats and stuff are on the ground, yeah, it's not gonna hit those. It just goes all the way out and back. So you, the whip's really not great for killing anything, and it's so pretty weak. So if you want to so if you want to rock the whip, you got to stick with Castlevania. Yeah. Uh, so it's also used for swinging, which took me it took me a, a a moment to figure out how to how to use it. Oh, but, uh, okay. W- once you figure out how to use it, it's okay. For swinging, I obviously haven't been to the later levels. I'm sure it's just a complete shit show once you get to like some serious platforming stages. You know, it's like, oh, you need to jump on this little thing on this little thing with the whip, uh, you know, swing controls. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> once you keep falling, so it's got really good graphics. It's got the awesome soundtrack in it. If you like the Super Star Wars games, I don't see why you would hate this. 
So it's got the mode seven uh, graphics in here in some levels. When you're flying the, uh, when you steal the Nazi yeah, plane, this looks you legit. Around. Like this looks pretty good. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. So it goes I'm, over. Like, yeah, it's, it's talking about the different levels here. So it's going through the movies. So you're going through layers of the Lost Ark, South America, 1936. That's that first first level uh, that I mentioned, and you have to escape the rolling ball after you get the golden golden idol. Uh, the giant. There's no way in. this happens today, by the way. You what? put a whole trilogy of movies into one game. <laughs> no way. This would be like seven games. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you're in Nepal, uh, still looking for the Lost Ark. Um, so you're in the snowy mountains. You go inside the mountain in the inn. You have a uh, you have to race the fire to the top of the building because the place burns up. If you recall, just like in the movie. Mm-hmm. You have to save Marion. She's trapped by the Nazis. And then the next stage is Cairo. <laughs> so Cairo. That's that's that scene where the guy was using the sword and Indiana Jones just shoots him. Right. Which apparently they choreographed something, but Harrison yeah. Ford was like this really sick. He, so like, he got he the shit. Yeah. So he just pulled out the gun and shot him just for the <laughs> take. And they're like, oh, all right. <laughs> and then you have oh. the second stage, Cairo at Nights. So you get to fight some big fat guy. Uh, that's nice. Uh, someone that's throwing mm. bales of hay. Mm, don't remember that from the movie. Do we it's get Christian to, Bale? Can we redo the scene where we get to throw a guy into a plane propeller? <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you have finding the well of souls. So you're finding the well of souls. The next one, I don't remember this. Was this the one where the snakes are? Was that the one where the guy did the Kalima and ripped the guy's heart out? No, that's that's Temple, Temple of, of Doom. Doom. They don't touch on that a whole lot. Well, well of souls. souls has to be like when they were looking for the the stuff that would tell them where the um, ark was. Like, remember, you had to like dig up a bunch of stuff in Egypt to find the place. I think the you're right. That would like. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure that's what Well of Souls was. All right, so it kind of jumped around a little bit here. I, so I can't get, wait. To, I can't wait to get to the racing scene where you get to be short round driving through Bangkok. <laughs> They have uh, a brief mention of Temple of Doom stages and some screenshots here. And, that and then an even briefer, even briefer mention, mention of Last Crusade. Crusade. Yeah. So yeah. those are at least what was your seven. What is your favorite movie of the three? Last Crusade. Okay, By me far. too. You can't, yeah, you can't, I mean, it's got Connery in it. You can't beat for the, one. Yeah, you cannot beat the, the chemistry between uh, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. I mean, you really can't. <laughs> We named the dog Indy. We're named the dog Indiana. (laughs) Slotted spoon. You stupid wop. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you You just... We we, we just wouldn't stop talking, Indy. I I had to give her a firm slap with an open palm. We wouldn't be in this... Not a closed fist. (laughs) We wouldn't be in this mess if you could take a hit, but no, you had to be like your mother. (laughs) <laughs> I love that bit where he throws the uh, the Nazi out of the Zeppelin and he's like turns around no ticket and everyone's like stands up <laughs> they're all like oh shit yeah. oh shit <laughs> everyone's like app yeah. sphincters just completely tightened up oh god <laughs> I think it's there's a pretty big split on that though like a lot of people nobody likes Temple of Doom the most Temple of Doom is an abortion but <laughs> it's I think scary. that's the reason I didn't like, watch the it's not you like fun. Temple of if you like Temple of Doom the most, I don't trust you as a person. Like, I like Mm-mm. that's uh, just a bad sign. 
But I can understand, you know... The first one? Yeah, I can I can at least understand the argument, but that third movie is so good. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's phenomenal. All right. And we, we won't talk about the fourth abortion. Oh, that, no, that doesn't even exist. We that's just, oh, my God. I uh, I mean, I, I didn't even... I, didn't, I knew it was going to be bad. So I didn't see in the theaters. You know, I watched it later. And I just literally started laughing out loud when LaBeouf <laughs> is swinging through the trees... <laughs> on vines with the monkeys and he's outpacing the jeeps that are going full clip through the jungle did you see (laughs) you gotta be shitting me did you see uh the movie uh marathon he did where like he watched every one of his movies in a row in a movie theater and like had a webcam like on him the entire time yeah i read about it it. i didn't see it three days long (laughs) that guy is weird oh yeah well, you know, like for that movie, um, the Tank movie with Brad Pitt, Fury. He's actually really good in Fury. He like pulled out he, like, a tooth for that movie. Yeah, he part. freaked out the and, cast like, on that movie and like cut, he made, gave himself like a scar on his face or something. Yeah, he's nuts, like really nuts. Mm. That's like way more than freaking Daniel Day Lewis level method acting right there. <laughs> yes, Geraldito's the next one. Oh God, Douche. anyway. All right, let's revisit our next game here, and our special friend, uh, Master Higgins, is back at it again. Dude, look at Master Higgins' freaking girlfriend. Yeah. Master Higgins one lucky-ass bastard. Oh, I know. Yep. Look at her tits. They're as big as his nose. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I don't understand that part. <laughs> so this is Super Adventure Island 2. It starts off with uh, Master Higgins and uh, Tropical Tina. His one true love on a raft somewhere. And let's see here. On the rebound from a stormy relationship with Jungle Jane, Master Higgins has <laughs> finally found true love with beautiful tropical Tina. Little do they know there is trouble in paradise for these newlyweds and it's dead ahead. I wouldn't mind, you know, those coconuts in that Brazilian landing strip <laughs> for tropical Tina. <laughs> and then the insert. Like, this guy's supposed to be like some jungle guy, and we get to see a friggin' full flush medieval castle, so. There's no caveman. Like, he's not a caveman, so this doesn't... Right off the bat, this just makes you wonder, like, what's what century is this in? So, yeah. the happy couple is sailing aboard Master Higgins' luxurious six-foot raft. A monsoon <laughs> strikes, leaving Higgins and Tina stranded and senseless. So, uh, they get... I think she gets captured, it looks like. It doesn't really explain here, but uh, Higgins lines up on an island with a castle, and... Uh, Let's see here. Well, it says a monsoon strikes, leaving Higgins and Tina stranded and senseless. So Higgins upon Higgins happens upon a castle and is hired by the king to rescue his kidnapped bride, which turns out to be Tina. Yeah, Apparently. I don't understand why he's having to rescue his own, getting paid to rescue his own girlfriend. Because <laughs> I guess it's a good gig to get, you know. If you're just like, well, little does he know, I'm stooping her on the side, you know, <laughs> of a raft. <laughs> so you start, you start with in Poca Poca Island. He's that, he's got a shiv, ready to just let you know let the island lives up to its name. Yeah, shit. Yeah, so he's so. this game is a little bit different than the others because you have a sword. Hmm. I don't know where there's art in here where he's wearing full like uh, gladiator armor. Uh, I'm not seeing that in the game artwork. I guess you got to build up to it. 
Hmm. But the art style is a little bit different. You've got the sword this time. There's uh, less of the riding around on skateboards with the crash helmet type business. So it's a more straightforward type uh, platformer than the typical Adventure Island games. Well, I think with the suit, with the armor and the sword, they're trying to cash in on that ghouls and goblins thing. I think you're right. There's a casino somewhere in this game. This There's game is an, weird. An, it's not in. Yeah, they started running out of ideas for what to do with this series. So I think the, yeah. the the whole caveman genre must have been dying down by this point. Over oversaturated market. Hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, because remember they brought down like aliens for one of the games and dinosaurs for another, where he like ride the dinosaurs, and now he can get different armor and abilities and stuff. As you can get a fire sword, fire armor, fire shield, ice armor. Uh, let's see here, thunder sword, yeah. aqua at armor. Ca- at the casino, you can buy a light armor, and a light sword, and a light shield. Where are you seeing so, the casino? Oh, I just... Uh, oh, I see. On page 75. Where at the Higgins, Puka Puka Resort. Where Higgins and his apparently very waxed back are <laughs> playing with a slot machine. <laughs> is, I mean, look you know, at that. That is a thing It's not just hairless. He is fucking shiny. Yeah. He's been oiling. What do you think the the real percentage of 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 hairy to non hairy men grown men is? Uh, I'd say well, it's about. What's, I mean, everyone has like some hair. Like, I mean, it's very rare that you get like. Well, you always see like you know uh, any kind of movie, superhero movie, or some buff guy. Oh yeah, they're like waxed. They're completely yeah. like waxed. You know, obviously not real. I know. Like, we're, we're, why can't we see Captain America working the speed bag and rocking the peach fuzz on the on the shoulder blades? They used to be. They, yeah, they used to be a thing in the seventies. You know, when they had all that. Yeah, I mean, look at Rocky. He's freaking hairy as a mofo, right? Yeah, <laughs> from what I remember. <laughs> Red, yeah. I saw some uh, co- some cover for a movie on one of those like quizzes on Facebook, and it was like, you know, have you seen these movies? And uh, one of them was for a movie called The Gambler with James Caan on the front, and he's wearing. <laughs> This like '70s shirt that is like wide open up top to the shoulders, and like basically the first button is like down by his belly button, and like <laughs> just the center of it is just completely all this chest hair. <laughs> Jesus. And the shirt's like skin tight, and I just like laughed. Like, can you imagine this guy like walking down the street with his chest hanging out like this? It would, ju- it would just. <laughs> you want to sell me on a movie? That's how you sell me on a movie. Mm. When, when he's walking, up. when he's walking, it would sound like this. <laughs> well, all right. So let's talk about the worlds here a little bit, and then we'll move our way through. You get Poka Poka Island. Well, it's a it's pretty much like the original games. Then you move on to Haya Haya Island. Which is an ice world, Boa Boa Island, which is a pink ice world, Puka Puka Island, which is, I can't tell what this looks like in here, but this is where the casino is. It's still more ice, but now it's rocky ice. Then you have Sala Sala Island, which looks like a desert area, and we finish up our coverage with uh, Master Higgins dreaming about Tina 
in Tina with cross eyes uh, staring back Tina, at him. Tina, come in eat your dinner. <laughs> it looks like yeah, she got and, hit in the coconut in her in her uh, app, in her capture. Well, now we know. Now we know what they have in common. <laughs> Falls down a well. Eyes go cross-eyed. Gets kicked by a mule. Eyes go back. <laughs> Who knew? One of the darndest thing. Darnest One of the last thing. mysteries. All right. Next game <laughs> is. I believe Mike was supposed to cover this game. It's Wild Snake for the Nintendo. Played it, hated it. It's Tetris with snakes. It's fucking awful. I don't get how it works because there are times where, like, like, you think, like, oh, if you put one snake, if you line up one snake's mouth with another snake's tail, like, he'll, like, eat him or something, but no. Like, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And if you, like, try to do a Tetris where you lay it all across the side, like, you'll see, like, there's types where the entire line is full, but the snakes still aren't eating, so... Like, there was no... Nothing to... It was just awful. There's no, like, rhyme or reason to how this game works? Yeah, how the snakes descend, you, when does the snake... Did you read this snake? thing, like, to try to help you with... Uh, well, at first I thought if the game was interesting enough, I might figure... Mm. I might consider it, but... Mm. I played it, the music wasn't that great, the controls weren't that great... And I just wasn't. I don't happy. think anyone is playing Wild Snake anymore today, so mm. <laughs> I think that should tell you something. Yeah, there's about. no tournaments for that. The most interesting thing about this coverage is the interview they had with Alexei Pajitnov, which mm-hmm. is the creator of Tetris, and he's involved with Wild Snake. How so, upset are you over the USSR raping you over the rights to Tetris? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was hoping to make it big with the uh, Wild Snake, apparently. So he's really happy here because he's coming out with a new game. I don't think that worked out for him as well. So they ask him, how does uh, Wild Snake, uh, is, is how is it different from Tetris? And he says, Tetris is more abstract and strict than Wild Snake. And uh, in Tetris, you intuitively feel what's the best location for the block. So you have very rational decisions. In Wild Snake, you can be more relaxed and freeform. Sometimes there's a rational move, but otherwise Wild Snake is not as puzzle-oriented as more entertainment-oriented game. So, sloppy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what kind of a game gets the LXA seal of approval? And he doesn't really answer them. He says, I would like, I would like kids to, to brighten up when they play a game, is kind of how he answered. Huh. What makes a good Which, puzzle game? Uh, and he says, it, it has a very long line of interest, balance of difficulty, has a very definite learning curve, different puzzle interests. And then they ask him what kinds of game, other kinds of games they like to play. And he mentions Pac-Man, and then he mentions uh, Zelda, and simulation games like Civilization. So I thought that was interesting. And they ask him what else he's working on. He made a game called Elfish. (laughs) For the PC, it looks like. Uh, He's working on a series called The Nature Collection, which is about freshwater and saltwater fish. And then several titles about dinosaurs, and other titles about butterflies, lizards, prehistoric mammals. I don't know what these. I don't know if these are games or just content. And then <laughs> he's just talking about stuff he enjoys. I don't. It says we did it for the computer, so I don't know what that means. Like it just like it's like encyclopedia <laughs> or what. But the says we are also working on some video games. We are making one for zombie software called Ice and Fire. It would be a combination of adventure mm. and shoot 'em up. <laughs> And he, and he got the idea from his friend George Martin. 
All right, let's move on to Counselor's Corner. First up, we've got. Um, I'm moving on to this. Ter- I'm moving on to this terrible gift that John just sent me of some <laughs> outrageous daggering. Epidemical oh, daggering. Jamaican, I got Jamaican to admit. daggering. Oh, I, uh, this, I'm, I'm posting it again in a better way. But, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's daggering is a league of its own. <laughs> like, like it could only be done by a skinny bitch like him. He does a full spin on top. Yeah. Oh, he's jumping he on top of her too. He's a, he's a living fidget spinner. <laughs> wow. Like he had to practice at this too. And she's like, mm-hmm. all I have to do is stand here. Oh. <laughs> and, then he, and then he does like a little soft shoe, a little mm-hmm. Al Jolson shit, and then he finishes it off with an epic, an epic spin on an epic handstand spin. Hmm. Oh my god. I like, all right. I like turtles. Back to the magazine. We have Counselor's Corner. We have Shane Evans telling us about Lufia and the Fortress of Dune. I love this game, but this guy looks dubious. He just looks Isn't like he's Lufia squinting. the thing you clean your balls with in the shower? I thought Lufia was the stuff you used as a date rape jug. <laughs> that's Rufia. Oh, that's, how, that's how it's said in Japan. <laughs> now it makes so much sense. <laughs> the translation wasn't done correctly. The Fortress of Doom, a.k.a. John's Basement. <laughs> From Bill Cosby, <laughs> Rufia. <laughs> From Dolphin Software. <laughs> There's always room for J-E-R-O-O. <laughs> oh my god. It's terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, so uh, we had to play with power podcast. Do not condone any kind of racist comments or jokes. <laughs> apologize. Our, la- our laughter is completely coincidental. Hey. Yes. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> okay, so we got Shane biting his lip, just looking like like he just looks like he's I don't squinting. think he's biting his lip. I just I just think he has an overbite. That I think photographer he's may have been like falling out of her shirt, and he's just like, "Fuck! Don't get a boner! Don't get a boner!" I don't he's got a sick he's got a six head and an overbite and lighting that's not in his favor. No, it looks like he's a mustache, but he doesn't. This is weird. It looks like a bit of a walrus. I feel bad like, for the guy. That guy has a large library of child pornography. There's no <laughs> way around it. Jesus. I don't know. He's that. he's Jared Fogel's tutor. His mentor. <laughs> Jesus. Uh Poor Shane Evans. <laughs> okay, so. okay, then for Breath of Fire, we have Vicky Curry. It's actually a nice photo, I'll say. Super cute. Yeah. yeah. And we have uh, Dennis Fisher. She's, for, as hot uh, as her, she's as hot as her name implies. Dennis Fisher? No, Vicky Curry. Oh, Vicky Curry, yeah. Like, Curries are hot. Yeah. I don't understand. Then we have Royal Lands. Curry Lance, is hot. We fool. have Dennis Fisher. It looks like he just came off of a off stage from being in a hairband. Con- yeah, we make concert. that we make that roadie joke a lot. But he, he's an extra from Fubar. I don't know about roadie. He looks no, more like he was in Winger as the bassist for about three months, <laughs> and he never gave, probably... gave up on his dream. This is a guy who uh... definitely hung out with Pauly Shore. Hey, when they were making that so- making that song, I'm only seventeen. I know which girl they were talking about. She's only seventeen. Yeah, yeah, Dennis, get and back then, to writing your counselor's corner. 
Sean Bloom, and then the next book, the next one is Jungle Book with Sean Bloom, and Sean like is definitely about to sell you some sort of MLM like scheme. <laughs> it's some sort of oh rap or yeah. This is the guy you know. He's going to be kill. on stage with one of those with one of those wraparound microphones, talking this, about how like you can you can achieve your dreams by making your life yeah. better. You just have to visualize positivity and manifest your destiny. God, he just looks like the DJ from my first wedding. <laughs> uh, wedding DJ. I, it's this guy right here. I don't remember the DJ from that wedding. I just remember being like at the the back of the room table. <laughs> Where you belong. To the, I was banished to the island. You're of lucky you were toys. invited. Uh, actually, it's true. <laughs> the second wedding was much better. Yes, indeed. Mm. I'll say. Uh, second marriage, too. Yes, thank you. Uh, Power Players Challenge is next. Uh, I don't really care about any of this stuff. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have an exclusive section on Illusion of Gaia, Power Guide to the Guardians. So it's telling us about all the uh, boss fights now. Which I think this is the first time we've got to see a bus ru- a boss rush coverage. Yeah, it is, actually. Normally, it's a, it has a little blurb about the bosses, but it doesn't really take you just to the bosses. So they yeah, so we have cast-off. Yeah, just, they really want you to. They really want you to beat the final. I'm, I will love cutting Mike off for once. But all right, yeah, go on, Mike. <laughs> yeah, this is a your first cast off is your first is your t- stereotypical boss with uh, a head and two hands, and when you uh, defeat the hands, then you get to take on the head, and then Viper, which is some weird like Mesoamerican eagle statue. Which this one was a really fucking. Was this one was a real fucking challenge because you can't tell from looking. But there's wind constantly blowing you from one side to the other. And you can just get knocked off where, like, you won't die. But when you get back in, the boss will be at full health. So it, is, it can be really fucking irritating. And then the second boss, or the third boss, is a pair of vampires. And uh, you basically kill one, and then they freak out. Because, you know, it's a husband and wife vampire. So then they get really, really in your face the second time. And then you fight Sand Fanger, which is basically a, a sand centipede. And then the Mummy Queen, which is a large Cleopatra, which is uh, definitely one of the prettiest bosses I've seen in Super Nintendo games. And then yeah. you go through something called the Tower, which Busty. is just... Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like you won't see like a pink lady with a rack like that until Super Mario RPG, <laughs> and then you fight the tower, which is the same boss rush over again, and then you fight a comet, a literal comet, mm-hmm. and then Dark Gaia, which is basically the evil representation of the same figure that's been saving your progress and giving you power ups through the entire game, now becomes your big enemy. Dark Gaia looks like uh, Alien and um, Metropolis art styles merged. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's pretty, Metro- it's pretty awesome. If H.R. Geiger worked on Metropolis. Yes. That's what I was looking for. Okay, next game is... God, how many times have we talked about that person on this podcast? It's like Mike's go-to. Yep. H.R. Geiger? 
Yes, I. It's probably like the sixth time you mentioned him. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dark, black, shiny, veiny, and distorted and fucking terrifying. Usually, only one person comes to mind. If you can find another <laughs> artist with that style, I'm, I don't think anybody in our listenership would get a Hieronymus Bosch reference. So let's just keep it to H.R. Geiger. <laughs> Mike is so angry. Wow. wow. <laughs> what? All things is going to set him off. That's all, the, that's all the bullshit I'm like during when he was doing the Final Fantasy three coverage. It's when you accuse him of referencing H.R. Geiger too much. Beautiful. All right, next game. Because wow. nobody would get anything else. Speaking of aliens, let's move on uh, to another alien game. Contra the Alien game. Wars for Game Boy. It's a Contra game for the Game Boy, which has already previously been released for the Super NES. So... Yeah. If you enjoyed all the goodness of Contra, but thought, how can I make this suck? How can I take this on the go back in 1994? Well, here's your answer. You buy the Game Boy version. It's all a game, not as good as a Super Nintendo game. Hmm. So the bosses Shocking. include... Is they don't, we didn't cover the Super Nintendo game, did we? Uh, no, I don't recall the Nintendo game getting did. it. I don't think they got any coverage like this. No, we, we did Alien Wars for Super Nintendo at some point. You sure? We, we, pretty sure. <laughs> we get to fight a boss that uh, that makes your hair fall out. Beast Chemo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, we have, uh, yeah, Beast Chemo. It's just like Kraid on all fours with a head that you have to like chop off. I, okay. It, I, it's, it's appropriate his name is Chemo and he looks totally cancerous. Yep. Then, don't make a John McCain joke. Don't make don't. a John McCain joke. <laughs> then we have ah! Boss 2. We have Metallican, which the art style looks interesting. It's just like a bunch of like uh, undersea mines attached to, uh, I don't know, a fake uh, a heart. Or oh, something. and there's one more thing on chemo. You never made reference, of course, like I thought we were going to go for the H.R. Geiger note, that he looks like he's got a face hugger on, he's got a face hugger on his back. Oh, yeah. Chemo Sabi. It looks like a coiled uh, um, watering hose, actually. Okay, and then the boss, th boss three, I had to talk about this guy. Robocorpse. Yes. <laughs> Robocorpse. It's just like a robotic... Uh, it's a Terminator. ...slash skull sticking out the ground. Or a, bat a wall, excuse me. Okay, so that's the end of that game. Play the Super Nintendo version. Next up, we have a special section... About 16-bit uh, Space Invaders. Oh, boy. So, it's Space Invaders coming to Super NES, Super Game Boy, and Game Boy. And they're just talking about how the graphics have changed over the time. And check out how good they are now versus the original. And yada, yada, yada. It's the same game. And yada, uh, yada, yada, what's yada. nice, actually, the nicest version, I think, is the Super Game Boy one, because it has the border looks like the original arcade game. And you see that on the yeah. page 6097? Sorry. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. <laughs> they like have an arcade cabinet look to it. Yeah, I mean, that's the best looking one. The Super Nintendo one is mm -hmm. weird. It's just like, here's a wallpaper of a planet in the background that doesn't do shit. Yeah. That's not much. Yeah. And then the regular Game Boy one is there. so plain. It's just black on, on on white, you know, or dark green on light green. Why would you pay for Space Invaders on Super? Oh, you know, I want to know what they were charging for it. Maybe we'll find <laughs> out in the section later. All right, 
Moving on to the best thing we've seen since sliced bread, the Players Poll Contest. Third prize, you can get a Nintendo Power t-shirt. Woo! Second prize, five winners. You can get $25 in quarters to play Killer Instinct at your nearest arcade and Killer Instinct power <laughs> supplies, which include a door-sized post, door poster of full gore, a Killer Instinct cap, and a Killer Instinct medallion. But they, they, had, side note. they had to throw all that in because just saying $25, it just wouldn't be that good. Well, as a side note, that's what Mike's mom gets oh. in the <laughs> $25 in quarters. Uh, all right, anyways, the, net, the, <laughs> the grand prize is you can win an arcade cabinet with Killer Instinct on it and take it home with you. And it says, be the first person on the planet to play Killer Instinct at home. And they have an asterisk here. And they says, says, or at least one of the first, Nintendo Power can't be responsible. Some filthy rich Killer Instinct crazed player camps out all night on the doorstep of the arcade wholesaler, drops a huge wad of cash to buy the game, then flies it home in his own personal jet to beat you to the controls. That's funny. Good job, whoever wrote that. That is funny. All right. Top 20. Uh, Mike, you take the Super NES. Okay, we got at number five, NBA Jam. Number four, Ken Griffey Jr. presents MLB. Number three, at 34 months, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Number two, Super Street Fighter 2. And number one, Super Metroid. John, you want to take Game Boy? All right, at number three, Donkey Kong. Number two, Wario Land. Super Mario Land 3. And at number one, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which it should be. So, good job. And then for the NES, third place, we have Mega Man 4. Is that 4 or 6? Six? 6. 6. Sorry. For at 9 <laughs> months, we have number place number 2, we have Super Brothers 3 at 62 months. And then number one, Legend of Zelda with a legendary 74 months. That's crazy. So good job, Legend of Zelda. They'll probably phase that out after 94. But Zelda 2 Adventure at Link is holding strong at six plays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there any, All right. there any terrible games on the, on the NES Top 20? Uh, Pac-Man? That's not terrible. I mean, yeah. it's the original I one, know, but it's least. just like an arcade port from like early 80s. Yeah. Anyways. That's about it. There's nothing really that terrible on that list. No. Okay, so let's go into the now playing. Are we doing every game, or just going through the ones we yeah, didn't we cover? Yeah, the reviews no, we, are good. We got time. Let's let's spend forever. <laughs> John, your call. Oh no, an, an extra two minutes. All right. Uh, All right, John, you start out, you start us off since you didn't go over Donkey Kong Country. All right, so let's see. It's from Nintendo. It's seventy bucks, thirty-two megabits. Holy shnikes! <laughs> Ape Adventure for one or two players. The ultimate graphics and the best action-adventure game ever for Super NES or any video game system ever! It's simply the best. I'm coming. Battery, backup, <laughs> memory. A hundred bonus areas. Rick and Morty. Forever. For a thousand years. Forever. In Rick simply and Morty. the right. best. I'm Pickle Rick. <laughs> Better I'm, than all the rest. Answer the, I'm answering my eyes, Johnson. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, and but anyway, so the negatives: players may miss many of the bonus areas, and you think the game is shorter than it really is. You must try everything to get the full impacts. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. Mike, you want to take Earthworm Jim? Earthworm Jim, seventy dollars. Uh, that might be a little much, but 
and it says, Great animation, variety of play, great irreverent, twisted sense of humor, wonderful cast of enemy characters, and cow launching. And we get to see it in the screenshots, so yay. But however, the play control feels loose and takes some getting used to. Unclear stage paths can cause some frustrations. And yeah, I, that game's good. I, I don't know what you're saying about. I don't know about seventy bucks. Like that game was worth it. Super Nintendo. Like I remember playing like Eek the Cat or you look at coverage of Baby's Kids. Why could they not like get the gravity working right where every where people weren't like feeling like they were on a skating rink every time they moved? <laughs> like, I don't know. How hard would it be to All like right. they're on the ground? They walk. They stay mostly on the ground. Well, you try right, developing a game and on? let us know. Indiana Jones's Greatest Adventures. Price, the digital retail price not available, 16 megabits. And it, the game type is indie in action for one player. And <laughs> it says, great action and lots of challenge, follows story sequences for a true indie feel. However, the animation isn't as stunning as you'd expect. Action limited to jumping, whipping, and steering. <laughs> uh, first NBA Live for the, S, for the Super Nintendo, I believe. NBA Live 95. Yeah. Uh, from EA, uh, excellent animation and uh, artificial intelligence. New perspective from EA Sports Basketball. Uh, every option and aid to play you can think of. Battery backed up. It's got the 94 schedules and rosters as well as team trading. However, passing is a challenge. Very fast action may leave characters casual char- <laughs> casual players in the dust. Let's go with that. And I'll do the IndyCar one too. Why not? Uh... Bulletproof Software, IndyCar Racing, good modes for Michael Andretti's IndyCar Challenge, good mode 7 graphics and simulated speed, good play control, two-player option, passwords, playback mode with movable camera positions, and some very challenging courses. However, the car modification is limited. Michael's voice wearing can be voice warnings can be confusing in two-player games, and it's got unrealistically aggressive opponent drivers. Mike, tell us about Super Adventure Island 2. It's a good mix of action and adventure with puzzles, items, and helpful characters. However, like previous Adventure Island games, the theme is pretty silly. Be warned, this isn't a straight hop and bop. <laughs> oh man, I was looking for a straight hop and bop in, in my in my caveman games. Sometimes Ugh. you have to pay extra for a hop and I bop. I know, right? That's all I'm saying. That's where you go to the VIP room, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no sex in the champagne room. <laughs> there ain't no hop and bop in the back in the VIP. Not true. All right. You can get yourself a, a good Leighton there in the back room. Yeah. <laughs> Full Leighton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How long was it before we saw him again? Uh, like, months. Months, yeah. We yeah, didn't see right. him. Ag- lost- I didn't see him again the next day or anything. We lost a friend in the back room of, uh, what, that was the Highlighter yes. Strip Club in Phoenix? Yes. Yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, he, so he anyway. did not return. All right. Ben, what's going on? For seventy six ninety five from Koei. That's an odd, odd price. $77. <laughs> they are schlocking a explorer's RPG called Uncharted Waters New Horizons. And it's a high seas adventure, riches and piracy, great themes. Battery, backup memory, RPG, and strategy gaming. Very deep, and we're not just talking about the ocean here. However, some dialogue sequences <laughs> seemed endless. Graphics leave something to be desired. Many control not always intuitive, making patience in the manual a, mo- a must. Interesting. All right. We want to talk about I'll- Sparkster, and then, uh, and then Mike can get Wild Snake. Sure. Sparkster 
It does not have a price on it. It says excellent graphics and play control, good variety of play, cool moves, special stages with vehicles. However, repetitious enemies, nothing really new in theme or gameplay. Mike, tell us about Wild Snake. Ugh, $50 for this shit peg. Ugh. Challenging and very addictive like Tetris. Nope, eight grid shapes. That may be true. Four backgrounds. I never got that far. However, game <laughs> progresses slowly. Not, yeah. That is, like, I could come up with more negatives, but, you know, move on to your sports thing. All right, there's three football games that came out this month. We'll uh, start with Madden from EA. Uh, let's see the positives. They say there's 44-player rosters with injuries battery backed up memory and good graphics as well as play control also the new rules for the uh, nfl that season have been added i don't know what was new for 94 but sure actual players are not included just numbers though uh because it didn't have an nfl players license i'm going to assume the character graphics don't look quite as sharp as in mad as they were in madden 94 and then sony put out espn sunday night nfl chris berman brings us good scrolling perspective NFL team licenses and battery backs up memory however passing is difficult and no multiplayer adapter option or instant replay ooh it's a little rough and rounding out the football games that month from Mindscape we have NCAA football which has most of the top football schools from Pac-12 Big Big, Pac-10 Big 10 Big 8 and the SEC as well as other major conferences Good artificial intelligence, real teams, easy to play, battery backed up memory, multiplayer option with a multiplayer adapter. However, the small on-field characters and overly simplistic graphics uh, and animation are negative with limited options and poor sound. Blah, sounds like a skip. Next game is Al Unser Jr.'s Road to the Top. I want to, talk, I want to read through this whole thing because it's kind of small and interesting. It says, players can race in go-karts, snowmobiles, IROX and indie cars. I don't know what IROC is. Do you? It's a car. Italian retard on crack. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, like a Formula it, One it car? It was. Uh, it's a Camaro, like um, just Muscle yeah, car? like early nineties, early nineties Camaro. Okay. Basically, there are three race courses for each type of vehicle, and a bonus race against AI if you win, or Al, sorry, against Al if you win all four circuits. And then it says, easy courses and quick rewards, aimed at younger players. However, simplistic graphics in most stages, plus poor animation, not much challenge. <laughs> Mike, tell us about Jamit. <laughs> the Bill Cosby game. <laughs> okay, Jamit. Unusual graphics with street appeal. The tournament includes some interesting variations on one-on-one hoops, two-player option. However, poor play control. Trash talk is awkward and gets old fast. Fortunately, you can turn off the trash talk mode. <laughs> I gotta wow, hear that was the trash option. talk mode now. I want to see this thing. I wish. Does our podcast have a trash talk mode where we can turn it off? Mm. That, that would just be or, muting you and me, right? Yeah, that would. Just, <laughs> that that would just be firing John. Yeah. <laughs> and, and remember, remember when we were a wholesome Wait, podcast? I'm being yeah. paid. Remember, remember. Remember way back when we had Clea Folker on here and we didn't make any obscene jokes? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> oh, I love that name. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, tell us about Brainies. 
Alright, Brainies, which sounds like a terrible cereal. <laughs> from no, Titus. It sounds like some shitty straight to straight to the blockbuster VHS horror rental. I like John's mm. better. I like <laughs> Mike tried to come back on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Alright. I like when I win things. Take that. I, I like fine be- better. I like I like turtles. All right. <laughs> Brainies. Fairly challenging. 101 levels. Easy to learn. However, ex- excitement factor is pretty low, and puzzle fans may find enough challenge. However, puzzle fans might, may find enough challenge to make this interesting. They're kind of a lukewarm endorsement at best. <sighs> and let's see. Cannondale oh, no, Cup, no. I got this one. The Cannondale right, Cup is the Tour de Grunge is a bicycle <laughs> circuit with a truly strange field of riders. This game is virtually identical to the Life Cycles Mountain Bike Rally, which can be played while pedaling on the Life Cycle from Life Fitness. And it says uh, it's the only bicycle racing game, and it has battery backed up memory. Uh, and it says little challenge and unrealistic animation. Mike, tell us about. Wait, there's a video game on the on the Life Fitness Life Cycles. That's awesome. Apparently, <laughs> like you're you're on the on the uh, fake mountain bike, and yeah. Everybody. I know they sell ones like you can ride your bike around Google Maps and stuff now. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's got good yeah. graphics now. <laughs> Mike, tell us about balls. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to ask Mike's mom? <laughs> okay, very yeah. interesting perspective Beat and a that fun idea. However, following and controlling the moves can be difficult. John, hmm. tell us about street hockey. From GTE Interactive. Inline skate street hockey for up to four players. Interesting actions and a four-player option. However, really awkward play control, which they don't elaborate on. And then there's a bass tournament game. Yep. There's a bass tournament game. It says the fish look good, and it's tough to get them <laughs> to bite. Very realistic. However, some players mm. will find this and other bass games to be tedious. <laughs> just like real uh. bass fishing. Hmm. Mike, you get to tell us about Shaq Fu. Ooh, $70, and I'm sure it's worth every penny. A fun idea with some good graphics and animation. Players should keep in mind that there is no basketball at all <laughs> in this game. Not a very challenging fighting game when fighting a computer. Play control isn't sharp, small characters. John, tell us about uh, Magic 3. Odd price, $72.99 from FCI. R- it's an RPG for one wizard. RPG for one wizard <laughs> That's pretty funny Alright, there's lots of exploration Good music and graphics Impressive depth of play And battery backed up memory However <coughs> Inferior areas difficult you know, Sorry, interior areas are difficult to navigate Due to unvaried backgrounds Standard fantasy story and characters And some aspects of the play control Are awkward all right, I gotta talk oh, about and the highlight. The <laughs> highlight for this month, yeah. Here Barbie we go. Vacation Adventure from High Tech oh. for fifty nine ninety five, <laughs> and it says when Barbie the Super Doll goes out on vacation, she chooses her outfits, then tries various activities like horse riding and setting up a tent. The animation is slow and stilted, making the game speed seem slow as well. And it says that some activities, the controller functions, are a great mystery, and performing the activity becomes frustrating. And it says, here's the positive of the game. Ken is nowhere to be seen. 
<laughs> the, the negatives on it said the ratings in the now playing chart tell the story on this one all four categories score below average wow uh, wow that's like the harshest thing I've ever seen in here uh, spe- yeah, speaking that's... of running a train the game type multiple activities with Barbie for one player yeah okay <laughs> mm. Mike tell us about Beethoven one dog action is <laughs> the game type <laughs> for $30. And it says, oh my god, Beethoven the St. Bernard rolled over the theaters of America, but video game players demand a little more than a title. High Tech delivers a large lumbering hairy dog. This is not a super Game Boy enhanced title. No picture, and that's the, all the description you get. The good news, he was a great composer in spite of being deaf. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they went, they went a little uh, overboard wow. on this one. Oh my god, they brought the haterade. They did. Very slow play control response, uninspired game design. Woo. Harsh. Okay, John. So, <laughs> I went back to look at the coverage of... Space Invaders, because they, they mentioned something interesting here. It's from Nintendo, so Nintendo actually published this one. Four megabits on a Game Boy game, which is impressive. And apparently, the program the cart so that, like, if you play it on your Super Game Boy, it actually plays a different version of the game that's Super NES specific. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I, yeah. I noticed that, because I paid attention to the article. Oh, oh you smug bastard. <laughs> oh, thanks for, thanks for letting us know. Jack. I was I was uh, waiting for you to notice it. I, oh, quite frankly, oh, I was appalled. It. Oh my God, Mike! <laughs> All right, can it's we true. Just... You look at the pictures; like it looks just very it. nice. It looks very nice on the Super Nintendo, and then when it shows the Game Boy, it's completely different. Like, it's not anyway, just a color. Anyway, so it model. has it has that, which is interesting. But uh, they they say the early video game hit doesn't have the flash and excitement of today's more sophisticated programs and take us home mike contra the alien wars super game boy action for one player with no price of point available but it's contra you'll fucking buy it good points good challenge and lots of action however no super game boy border poor sound (laughs) control response seems slower than operation c all right okay and what's coming down the pipe so this is super any yeah, the rankings we're, we're, here. Donkey Kong Country yeah. blows the competition away. 4.9, which is the highest I think I've ever seen for graphics and sound. Holy shit. That's well, it's deserved. Yep. Yep. Earthworm, Earthworm Jim, Jim did pretty no well. No slouch. Yep. And then Barbie. I wanna, where's Barbie? <laughs> yeah, I want to see the Barbie. Barbie oh. 2.6, 2.9, oh. 2.2, and 2.8. Nice. Well, that's rough. Nice. That's pretty. That's, that's, mm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And so is Beethoven. Two point nine, two point four, two point six, two point eight. Rough. And that's for Space a Game Invaders Boy. only got a two point one on the Game for Boy graphics. for graphics. Oh my god! Yeah. And that's that's, on that's a, one of their games too. That's rough. Yep. And that's, that's a, harsh. And that's on a Game Boy. <laughs> harsh. Yeah. Harsh. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the Pack Watch. A look into the future of games. Coming up, I feel like we've talked about this a million times now. Disney's Lion King, still not out yet. Arrow the Acrobat 2, who cares? Top Gear 3000. It's got four players, simultaneous, which looks awesome. I love that series. It's so much fun. We have something called Artie Lightfoot. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> when your pack player first plugged in a version of Artie Lightfoot almost two years ago, not only the game mm. was far from finished, it was also the property of ASCII wear. 
Now the game is complete. It's being brought to you by Titus. So some changes went with that game. It's yet another cartoon character platformer. Then we have uh, the Clay Fighter uh, sequel called C2 <laughs> Judgment Clay, which is funny. That's awesome. <laughs> it's just called Clay Fighter 2, I think. <laughs> C2 Judgment Clay. Yes. And they have Star Trek Starfleet Academy coming out from Interplay. So it's like the Kobe, Kobayashi Maru in like video game form? It seems. I mean, you're in a simulator. Bad. You can find yourself commanding a Starfleet vessel, possibly an alien vessel like a Klingon or Romulan ship. Hmm. So, yes. like great screenshots here that show us fuck all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then we have NHL '95 coming out from EA Sports. Then we have a game called Rise of the Phoenix. I don't remember this game. It. Mm. I. This doesn't look like anything I've ever played before. It's Basically, a, look, oh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. So it's it's by Koei. So it's one of those fucking Nobunaga's ambition things. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's a Koei game. And then they have... It took Mike like 10 seconds to process yeah. that. Like, fuck it. Nope. Out. <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, NBA Jam coming out for Game Boy. Oh, boy. And then a, a crossover title called Warrior Blast featuring Barman for Game Boy. Which looks mm. interesting. And then they mm. briefly mentioned some arcade games coming out. They have X-Men Mutant, Mutant Apocalypse coming out. Uh, they have the X-Men uh, Children of the Atom game. They have a ho- Home, Home Improvement, Improvement with Dinosaurs. Oh my god, it looks, like Army of, it looks like Army of Darkness. Look at that scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a ripoff. You're right. Yeah, Home Improvement with Super Nintendo is coming up. Moto X, which is a, um, a motorcycle... Um, what am I thinking of? What's the word for for dirt bike? Super, mo- super motocross? Thank you. Jurassic Park 2 for Super Nintendo is coming out. Seek, a Sequest game. Sequest DSV. Game Boy game called Breakthrough. Is that um, the same thing as Breakout? Uh, it looks different? more like Tetris. <laughs> and then what the hell is this catapult thing on the right here? I'm reading about the one thing that makes a video game come alive is being able to play against another person. The catapult modem for Super NES will allow players to take on all comers, even if they live across the country. So how does catapult work? Player calls up the catapult access line using the modem and specifies the game he or she wants to play. They can set up to play against a specific player who must also be online or compete against players of a specific skill level. The system should work with any two-player game, such as Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, or NBA Jam. Catapult Oof. estimates the monthly service fee should be less than $10. Very cool. Can you imagine trying to play wow. Street Fighter over dial-up? Oh. That is you brutal just, you just, lag. You enter the combo, and then you go make a sandwich and wait for it to be... <laughs> To register. And, then, and then you just w- eat while watching your finishing move. <laughs> that is, that's horrid. God, there's some weird stuff in here. High Tech has landed the Casper license based on Spielberg's upcoming movie and the license for Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Was oh, there a, like, was, oh, was oh, there here we go. Apollo 13 game? Forrest Gump, the movie, like the game. Oh, the, hold on. <laughs> is it just running? The, they talk about um, the Virtual Boy. It says, Your pack hunter has been patiently stalking the VR32. Nintendo's new 32-bit technology has managed to catch up to it at the Shoshinkai Video Game Exposition in Tokyo. Next month, we'll have the first close-up look at this amazing new game system. 
So we get to see the end of the Nintendo and the rise, the glorious rise of the Virtual Boy. Yes. Rise in the media form. All right. Really, so what do we have coming next was, this year? Was there an Apollo 13 game? I'll look it up while I you talk about it. what's coming next. Next issue. issue, we have Earthworm Jim Part 2. They're going to go over more levels. They're also going to go over Zero, the Kamikaze Squirrel, Uniracers, and Super Turn of the Jedi. They'll also go over <clears throat> Demon's Crest, which was the uh, poster this month. Oh, shit. Final Fantasy yeah, no, there 3 was... Part 3. Oh, boy. There was, there was no uh, Apollo 13 didn't think so. Game. And, but apparently there's there's a ROM of like... Empty promises, Gale. There's always a ROM. Uh. Okay. So they have an oh advertisement. God. It was a pinball game. They have an advertisement at the end <laughs> called the oh. Get List, which is... I don't understand what this is. It's just pictures of like this guy, some kid. Oh, I know. This is one of their uh, testers from the Donkey Kong Country video that we're about to watch. Um... Holding up various box art, and uh, how many pinball games have Kevin Bacon on the marquee? Though that's what I want to know. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Well, yeah, he's in Apollo Thirteen. Kevin Bacon's there, not was, in Apollo Thirteen. Are you crazy? Was there, yes, he was. What? Was there a foot? Was there a Footloose pinball game? <laughs> well, who was the um, Kevin Bacon? Who's the guy that was in Apollo Thirteen in Big Love? Uh, the guy, Bill. Uh, Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton. Paxton. Never remember. There's some guy that was like a big fan of Pil- Bill Paxton and like made his own Bill Paxton pinball game. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'll to fight it. It's really the bizarre. Apollo, oh the Apollo 13 is not coming back to Earth. Game over, man. Game over. All right. I'll go ahead and wrap us up here while we look for that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're going to be next week. Um, we, we actually don't have our guests or our issue. Um, we'll be putting out something else. We're going to review the uh, Donkey Kong Country Exposed video together, and we'll release that audio next week. So we're having a week break, and then we'll have our uh, season finale. We're going to be doing it with uh, special guests. Hopefully they show up. Uh, and I just neglected to figure... What, what was their names again? <laughs> the Two Dudes and an S podcast? Two Dudes and an NES podcast. Yes, we're doing a joint podcast Two dudes, with, the, with them. One NES. So... <laughs> with... Less poop than the original that should video, be, I hope. That should be fun, so look forward two to that. Gu- two guys, one Ness. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to find more of us, in the meantime, please go on to Facebook.com and search for Playing With Power, or just go to backslash Playing With Power podcast. And you can also go to our website to find old episodes, PlayingWithPowerPodcast.com. And if you'd like to support the show, we would really appreciate it. We lost one of our donors. Don't know if we can support the hosting <laughs> this year. So if you can go on to patreon.com slash playing with power, you can donate a few bucks to us a month or a one-time payment and get access to some exclusive content, including the much uh, uh, by fan approval, and by which I mean no one has ever responded to it, to the content, uh, Beer Yokart. So you can hear that <laughs> special episode uh, that's out there on Patreon. Oh, God, we were so drunk for that. Oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, my God. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's up there. You can go. You can click on it if you're a Patreon donor or an admin. I lived it. I remember. Oh, yes. Um, you can also go on, if you want to, you can help us out and go on to iTunes and leave us a review. That would also help us get up into the, finally, maybe the search results on iTunes. That would be lovely. And if... Let's see. If you want to reach out to Mike, he's on ethic at get the power 88. 
and he's also got a pod, another podcast called The Graveyard Shift, which is a horror movie podcast with Sheldon Brown. Anything else, gents? Nope, I covered it. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And now you're playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with 